0: Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Virdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Virdra Jackson.
1: Hello and welcome to Living Strong: The Flip Side of Adversity. I am Dr. Veerja Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting, and much of our work uh, has us supporting and coming alongside of clients on their journey to healing. And one of the biggest words that gets in. The conversation and sometimes gets in the way. And I know I've experienced this word myself is the word worry. Well, we're going to unpack the journey and the flip side story of Kyla Neal. And she boldly professes her I am statement is, I am living fearlessly. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Kyla Neal is a woman who is intentional in living out her passion to help empower others to value their life experiences, good and bad, and ultimately recognize those experiences are intrinsically tied to their development and ability to move in the direction of living out their best life. She is an author and entrepreneur mm-hmm. and has over 15 years of experience in advising and leadership. Kyla is the CEO and founder of Calm Confidence LLC, which is a mentoring, coaching, and counseling business. She desires to overcome the challenges of living with anxiety and depression, which led her to want to help others, young and old purposely serve beyond their limits with fervor and teach them how to live a life fearlessly and faithfully carrying out their divine purpose kyla believes that even though life is filled with ups and downs and chaotic moments wow can we relate to that (laughs) We can still be calm and confident while navigating this journey in life together. Kyla has her Bachelor's of Science degree in Behavioral Health Counseling from Drexel University and a Master's Degree in Theological Studies from Palmer's Theological Seminary and is a Certified Biblical Counselor from Christian Research and Development. She has also authored Fearfully Faithless to Faithfully Fearless. I love that name, which is a 31-day devotional. And she has co-authored The Purposed Woman, a 365-day devotional. Well, I know just hearing about her passion has you excited about our conversation where we will journey into how do you get to the flip side of worry? How do you calm the chaos that many of us, if we're honest,
2: have battled with? (laughs) Welcome to the show, Kyla. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. I'm glad to share um, just, you know, even pieces of my journey of how I've moved from one place. I have not done it successfully. It is a work in progress, but it is a work that I'm intentional about. And I want to help others um, to recognize that even though those may be parts of your life, they don't have to um, control you.
1: Yes, I love that. I love your transparency just from the beginning of the conversation. You know, so often people will say, well, that's something that used to happen Mm -hmm. and that's not a part of who I am anymore. When honestly, in anyone's story, healing isn't a destination. It really is a journey. And we have to recognize that as we continue to journey and develop and God continues to restore and redeem portions of our lives, being honest about the, the authentic places that, you know what, it's still a part of my story, but I'm being intentional. Just as you said, being intentional about how I am calming The chaos (laughs) and walking in calm confidence. (laughs) So I want to jump into uh, on the Facebook, on my Facebook page that we share in order to promote our conversations. I pulled a quote that really just resonated with me. And it said, worry never robs tomorrow of its Mm. sorrows. It only saps Today of its joy. Can you tell us a little bit about what role worry has played in your own story?
2: Uh, Worry has been most of my life. That is how I live, um, and I can say that I'm 50. And even from a little girl at nine years old, that has been how, that, that emotion has dictated everything that I do, everything that I don't do, um, it tells me, I've allowed it rather to tell me um, that you can do this. And it's always been beneath what I can do um, because afraid of failure, worried that I would fail, worried that I would disappoint someone, worried that I wasn't good enough, just worried about everything. And, you know, worrying about what would happen that never happened, but constantly worrying about what would happen.
1: You know what? That reminds me of actually another quote that I've used in the college courses that I've done with um, Lakeside. The <laughs> one author described worry as a form of self-harassment. Yes, and Perfect. just as you, it's so true, right? Yes, yes. Worry is a form of self-harassment, and as I listen to you. <laughs> tell the whole truth, worry about, am I can't, I can't do that and worry if I did do it and worry. Well, if I don't do it and we're literally creating this cage of harassment yes. that can hinder us from stepping forward into purpose. And I know that that's something you are so passionate about. Yes. What did you feel you had to constantly protect yourself with that worry was such a challenge for you.
2: Um, I felt like I had to protect myself um, from disappointment and failure, um, you know, because so many challenges growing up. And, you know, I grew up under a, a my mom had her thumb on me, you know, and she was, she was an amazing mother, but she was very um, strong. Mm-hmm. And so you know I always felt like you know I couldn't meet her expectations and and, and not that she put a lot on me, but I put them on myself. And mm-hmm. so trying to constantly meet those um, expectations it just made me anxious, you know as I said, as I say, an, an anxious depressed and uh, wreck. Mm-hmm. And That's, you know yeah. ultimately'm I'm sorry I'm, you know,
1: uh-huh, no, go ahead.
2: Now, just and ultimately, I just wanted to protect myself from uh, the fear of being rejected. Yeah. From being rejected, I wanted to protect myself from that.
1: When I think about how we, so much of our self-talk isn't actually what anyone else is thinking; it is our <laughs> talk, and we can create an entire narrative of if I do this, it won't be good enough, so why even start? Yes. When actually on the other side of that, someone could be waiting for us to go ahead and do it because they see it.
2: And yes. Yes.
1: What have been some of the long-range impacts you feel you've experienced from that? those moments of holding back or keeping yourself if you don't mind me saying, keeping yourself in a box. Yes. What What would you say have been would have been or has been some of those long range experiences for you that may have resulted from that limitation?
2: Um, well, I think one. Just because not thinking that I was good enough, um, I just eliminated so many opportunities. Um, from my life. And just um, and I put myself in a box. I became a mother at, at a young age. So that's just kind of what I dedicated myself to. And you know, even when people would ask me who I was, I'm a mother, That was always the first thing that came out my mouth. You know, I never recognized, you know, what other people would see, but just in me, I didn't think that there was anything more to me than just those labels. And so I would have ideas. I would think of things. I'm a very creative person. And so I, I think, you know, I can, I can do that. I could try that. But then I'd say to myself, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, just continue doing, just continue to raise your children, continue to do what you need to do to make sure you all have what you need. And don't, you know, don't strive to be anything more than what you think you are. Mm-hmm
1: there's two things that stand out for me as I'm listening to um, the power of labels. Mm. Um, And I know something I struggled with that I actually didn't begin to unpack until my forties was that I am not what I do that in and of myself, I have value and power and a call, and an assignment, and I, me, Beardra, you, Kyla, have value apart from what we do. How does that resonate or connect with you?
0: Um,
2: It took me, like you, it took me just up until now to recognize that I am not what I do, Um, I I'm gifted in those areas, but that's not what makes me who I am. Um, it is, um, the gifts and the talents that God has given me and he's already designed and orchestrated who I'm supposed to be. So who am I, who am I to say what I am not when he already says who I am. And, but it took me, um, hiding behind those titles um, and, you know, various things, even before the show, we were talking about, I was talking about my hair and I was like, oh, I had to get it right. That used to be something I hid behind because my hair was always, people always talk about, oh, how pretty my hair was. So I let that be my security blanket. Um, and I made sure it was perfect so that, you know, it would cover up in my mind, cover up what flaws I had, um,
1: how often do we allow the external elements that we can literally create as as a mask begin to define or allow the world to define who we are when there's so much more beyond that for people to be able to see? Or even it sounds like for us to begin Mm -hmm. to recognize that, um, the safety net and or the crutch or the thing that will grab someone's attention and may not even get allow them to get close enough to me. if I can just keep this external elements of myself as perfect as possible, that will potentially keep people from really seeing mm-hmm. me
0: really
2: yeah. seeing me. You how do you know,
1: get to a place where you're saying, I am fearfully and wonderfully made?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, first, you know, when you were talking about how we hide behind those external factors, um, you know, even though people would compliment me on them, and I could take those compliments, but when someone would say, um, oh, you're so pretty, or um, you have a beautiful singing voice, or you know, you look nice, I would I give an excuse or a reason why I can't accept that compliment um, because I felt like I wasn't worthy of it, but moving to a place and recognizing when I began to see myself the way God sees me, mm-hmm. I began, I began to be able to see differently when I let the scales drop um, of, and, and nitpicking and, and, and dwelling on my flaws. Um, Cause we all have flaws. We do. Um, we do, you know, but it's just that I magnetized them um, to a point where I allow them to cover up these things about me that do matter, the things that do make an impact in someone's life.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, as you're speaking, the word ruminating continues to come to my mind. Mm. Like, what do we spend time on ruminating on repeating in our thought life and whatever we continue to repeat, our brain actually listens to our voice more than any other voice. So even if it's internal conversation, That we're ruminating over, again, going back to that worry, a form of self-harassment. If we're continuing to ruminate on the things that have been a lie, then we begin to walk out that lie. Yes. We only have about three minutes before we go to break. But I would love for you to, if you're willing, to be honest about how did you shift What did you do when you say the words, begin to recognize how God sees me from very practical
2: terms? How do you do that? Well, I had to begin. I had to stop listening to the lies. Right there. Um, Because if I'm the only one saying it and no one else is. Um, and then when I began to um, look at what I actually have to offer and and recognize that you do have something, you you are this, and begin to believe it and begin to move in spite of what I tell myself, that self-talk had to diminish. And it had to start, and I had to begin to take captive those negative thoughts. Yeah. And then begin to line them up and pair them with what's true and what isn't.
1: Mm -hmm. Taking captive those thoughts, beginning to stop listening to the lie, replace it with the truth. Mm -hmm. And even something you just said just hit me that if I'm the only one saying this, (laughs) maybe even pursuing wise counsel, wise support, wise influence from others to share, what do you see? Those all are just beginning nuggets in our conversation. As we get ready to take our first commercial break, I encourage you to look at other resources that Living Strong Consulting provides on our website. Take some time to explore, whether it be in uh, support of a healing process, that of a conversation about equity, an opportunity to pursue supports as a parent, or you just simply want some level of encouragement through our blog, The Flip Side of Adversity, go to our website at Strong. LLC.com and check out our resources and the other consultants who continue to support our work. We'll be right back.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame, to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoates.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate, change,
1: succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: This is Living Strong, The Flip Side of Adversity, with Dr. Virdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to info at infolivingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, The Flip Side of Adversity.
1: Welcome back. I hope you have gained. Uh, some joy, some insight. I know just listening to Kyla's heart, she has been so honest and transparent from the beginning of the conversation. And I actually want to go back to something you said at the beginning, that from a very early age, worry was a part of your narrative. And just before we came back from the break, you shared that there was a teacher who spoke into you about your smile. When you began talking about how worry was a part of your narrative and the fear of just not being enough, that then turned into labels Mm -hmm. about who you began to believe you were and the words you began to share. It seems as though you were just beginning to talk about during the break, how someone else speaking life into you, impacted you.
2: Can you pick up from there for us? Sure. Um, I was You t- um, we were reading the comment that someone had sh- shared about my smile. And I remember in fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher, we were at the playground and she looked at me. I, we were doing something and I laughed. She said, you have such a beautiful smile. Your eyes sparkle when you smile. And I was just like, oh, thank you. Um, and I just, dis- I didn't believe it because you know, of all the things that, you know, I looked at all of the stuff that I didn't like about me. And that was always what I saw first. And and I even, you know, taking that, even when I got older, I went to college and um, I had full lips and I was always self-conscious of them. So a young man was like, well, you have pretty lips. I was like, shut up.
1: <laughs> How we deflect, right? How we deflect either internally or externally Even when a compliment happens, Mm -hmm. how we deflect, I I feel like some people could resonate with that. Um, I'm curious if how you started off that worry being such a part of your story from a very early age and even processing how throughout your youth, as you just shared into your college years, the ability to see yourself differently Did that have any kind of impact on you for you to begin your mentoring program that you now have
2: for teens? That that is the whole reason behind why the Lord gave that to me to to start. Um, And first I was like, Lord, I don't like working with kids. So why are you sending (laughs) me a mentor? Why are you giving me a mentoring program? But he had to remind me. This is where I need you because if I had had that and someone pouring into me um, and telling me who I am from an early um, age, I wouldn't have had to wait till I was almost fifty to begin to believe mm-hmm. the truth. You know, and I felt like you know, young people today have so much more to contend with than we did. You know, they have so much more, and if I could start pouring into them at an early age, before they get to college, they already have that confidence, regardless of what the world says, this is who I am. And this is what I'm going to walk in. I'm going to walk in what I know to be true, not what you tell me about me. I want them to know who they are.
1: Yes. When we think about the fact that the brain isn't fully developed until the late 20s, early 30s. So scientifically, neurologically, biologically, our brain is literally continuing to form and shape and develop in the presence of environment, experiences, relationships, Words from others and words that we tell ourselves are literally shaping the architecture of our brain. How powerful it is for you to be willing to be obedient to the call that God has given you to pour into and become a part of the brain architecture of adolescence and youth. Can you tell us some of the topics or some of the things that you cover in your mentoring program?
2: Um, We talk about um, just we deal with topics like anxiety and depression, because a lot of times we don't talk about it. And so to let them know that it's okay To talk about it um, and to recognize it's not who you are, it's just what you're challenged with. We talk about um, learning how to make proper decisions, not, you know, not giving into peer pressure because they're pressured to do so many things because they want to fit in. And, you know, we encourage them, you don't have to fit in. Be the one that stands out, doing the right thing, standing out so that others will follow you doing the right thing and be, be a leader. You know, even in leadership, we have to learn how to follow but, you know, a, a good leader knows how to follow. Yes. You know, and so be, being that, be, be, be what you want someone to be for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Set the example, yes. be it. And when you just shared that the, it is a secret, how often, um, even within adults, <laughs> within yes. adult culture, talking about our mental wellness, our mental health, Uh, What we are struggling with is often created as a secret, but especially amongst youth and adolescents, I think now as we have gone through two years of this journey Mm -hmm. of COVID, it is now coming to the forefront because so many young people are continuing to struggle from the lack of experience of connection and isolation as I think about what you just said and something that I know has been true in some work that I've done uh, with classroom teachers is making sure that young people understand that all feelings are okay, but all behaviors are not. So all feelings are okay. God gave us emotion it is it is something that help that is healthy. It's a part of biologically and neurologically who we are. Mm-hmm. All feelings are okay, but all behaviors are not. And when I listen to how you are making that distinction with adolescents and, and young people, that you can actually choose beyond your emotions to, to remain a leader in spaces.
2: Yes. It has all to do with choice. You know, um, we make all kinds of choices, um, some good, some bad. And a lot of times what I've learned through my journey is most of the time, my emotions dictated the choice that I made. So if I was feeling good then I would do something that was positive or that was in the right path, if I was feeling really bad about myself, it's like, you know what? I don't care. I don't even matter. It's like, you know, I love to snack. And <laughs> Don't
1: go there. Don't go there. You know, oh, she's in right? Go there.
2: I'm sorry. You know, but this is, you know, this is, I look at these things about myself and I look beyond that. You know, I'll eat a bag of chips. I'm like, okay, you don't need the whole bag, but you know what? This is how I feel right now. So this is what I'm going to do. Knowing it doesn't benefit me, but this is a choice that I make. And then I have to deal with the consequences of the choice when I didn't have to... If I had just listened to um, my mind that said, put them away, instead of saying, but my, letting my emotions say, but this is what'll make you feel good right now. This is what you need. Yeah,
1: You reminded me of another quote. I, have, I don't think I have ever shared so many quotes in one episode, but you just, you're pulling them out of me. So this one... Is from Dr. Tony Evans. And he says, emotions must borrow thoughts in order to stimulate feelings. Yes. Emotions must borrow thoughts in order to stimulate feelings. So it's recognizing that at the crux of that, if we, as you shared earlier, if we've taken captive our thought life, when emotion goes to borrow the thought, you can then change how it stimulates or continues to ruminate your feelings. Yes. But we have to be responsible in taking captive those thoughts. And as a biblical counselor, And professionally, this is work that you do with clients. Do you think it's unrealistic to expect people to always handle chaos without going into anxiety, worry, or depression?
2: Um, No, I I don't think it's unrealistic in any way to expect it, but it takes work. Mm -hmm. And it requires a level of intentionality that is my My word, intentional intentionality, that is a word for me because that's what drives me. I have to be intentional to think right. So, you know, I have in, have to be intentional to take my thoughts captive and align them with what I know to be the truth and then begin to operate on them. You know, I can if i'm if I'm feeling a certain way, um, I, sometimes I'll feel myself anx- getting anxious and I'll be sitting, even I'm sitting here at my desk and I'll say, you know, you can control this, right? You know, you can control the level of anxiety you're about to let yourself experience.
1: You are talking my language. <laughs> this is amazing because how often Do we feel? And when you say feel, I'd love for us to pull apart for listeners. When I hear the word feel, especially in the example you just shared, it's not just about the emotional piece, but the feeling is also a sensation. We will feel the anxiety. We will feel the worry. We will feel the fear in our body before cognitively the emotion comes, but we must just, we have to begin to cue into our body. Would you say that that's true?
2: Yes. One thing when I'm doing biblical counseling, one tool we use is called the DPP. It's the discovering problem patterns. And what it does is makes you look at your triggers because if you recognize your trigger, then you can get ahead of your trigger. <laughs> it's Tell just, the truth. When you, when you know what you know, what's you know what that emotion is going to do, then you can put a plan in place to say, "Oh, I can beat it. I can get ahead of this thing."
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: a choice, mm-hmm. and it's being intentional about that choice. Yeah.
1: Listening to your body, listening to the trigger, recognizing it instead of continuing to allow it to be your default setting,
2: yes. begin
1: to identify what is the precursor before the wave of emotion locking into what am I feeling in my body, in my mm-hmm. head, in my gut, in my chest, in my shoulders, they're, they are physical places that will tighten up, that will feel hot, that will begin to recognize and see that pattern. And yes. when that sensation begins, we have the power in those moments to then choose, what am I going to allow to leave the gate as far as emotions
2: after it? Yep. It's that, we can, like you said, we feel it before we act on it so if you you know i'll feel it and even like my hand will begin to shake and i'm like okay reel yourself back in step back look at assess this situation yeah
1: yeah as you're talking a- <laughs> keep going keep going
2: i just say, you know assess it and, and look at what about this is making me nervous are you are you projecting something Has it already happened? Is it a possibility that it's not even going to happen? You know, we make our minds make up Mm -hmm. a scenario. We'll write a whole book and it hasn't even happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's how most of my life was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) From our desk, write a whole book about what could potentially happen, how this could, and it hasn't even happen, but it starts with that trigger Mm -hmm. and that sensation. And if we can begin to be willing to sit with ourselves long enough to identify what that is, and then change the narrative in response. When you were just describing how you talk yourself through the chaos back into a calm place. Everything you were just describing was about bringing yourself into the present. How often will we write a book about something down the road or rewrite stories from the past, but the types of statements you were just using to calm your chaos were all about right now how how powerful it can be for us to bring ourselves into the present so that we can get grounded we've yeah. got about two minutes can you wrap that up for us mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> how to stay grounded or yes. stay present mm-hmm. uh again it has to do with your your mind you know and reeling yourself back in um before you go it and it is—it's a challenge, and you know, I, and again, it's—it's—it's it's, it's work that I have to do every single day. You know, anxiety and depression are my thorns that the Lord has given me, and I recognize that. But they teach me how to depend on Him. But He gives me the wisdom and how to handle them. And when I stop and listen to His voice, not mine, then I can come back to reality and, and say. You know, that may never, that might not, that might not happen. And if it does, even if it does, even if you're still equipped to handle, you're still equipped to handle it. It's just relying on not my power yeah, and the strength that I have because I can't do it.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: And recognizing mm-hmm. that I, recognizing I have the control, but I don't have the power. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what, Kyla, this is some good stuff. And before we go into our next break, I'd love for you to tell people how they can find your services, as well as your, you have an entire Calm Confidence product (laughs) line. People, product line. She has a product line that connects mind, body, and spirit all together. Can you tell them how they can find you?
2: Um, You can go to my website, which is is www.com And the calm confidence is a K instead of a C to represent me. Um, and it will <laughs> to um, you'll find my services, coaching services, biblical counseling. And then we, my product line is called calm creations. Um, it's cause it's created from my anxious energy to bring calmness to somebody else. So that's what the Lord has given me to, you know, use that energy, that anxiousness in a positive way that brings someone else calmness.
1: Yes. Repurposing the chaos mm-hmm. intentionally in calm, creative ways. You have
2: lotions, soaps, uh uh, body, butter. body butter, body <laughs> butter. There's there's um, soap. There's body butter. There's body creams. There's massage oils that help with um, anxiety because I love it. It works really yes. well for me. <laughs> um, product um, feet foot soaks. Um, yes. Oh my gosh! Because I started out with just bath bombs, and in a mm-hmm. year, I have over like. 30 items. And I'm just like, Lord, you keep giving me stuff, but they're being a blessing to somebody else. And they help me when I'm creating, I'm in my world and I can let go of all of that stuff that is inside of me and be creative with it. God gave me the gift of creativity. So I use it and then I get surprised when people buy my stuff. I'm like, people like this stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, because it
2: works. It works.
1: <laughs> so just before we go into break, give them that website address one more time.
2: It's www.com with a K, K A L M, confidence, K O N F I D E N C dot com. Fantastic. We will be right back.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What if the most special
3: part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame, to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoates.com for more information. It's your world, motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Verdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at info@livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity.
1: Well, Kyla has been giving us very practical tools, separating our emotions from our choices. She shared some statements that she herself has begun to use to bring herself into the present. Some statements that I know that I've shared with clients as well is when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling, as Kyla shared, the trigger from your emotional response, from that place, recognizing your body where mm-hmm. it is continuously coming, and then begin to to say to yourself, "What kind of control do I have?" And some statements I've encouraged uh, clients to share are, "Am I safe in this moment? Mm-hmm. How have I been successful in the past
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I can do it again?" Mm-hmm. Who do I need to tap into for some help? And what is one small step from this moment that I can do, even if I'm feeling unsure? Kyla, I -hmm. so appreciate your practical approaches to talking about not only the emotional response, but the physical response that comes along with anxiety and worry. What would you tell someone who thinks they are strong enough to handle life's chaotic moments all on their own?
2: I would say you're not.
1: Tell the (laughs) truth. Bottom line, she says, and drop the mic.
2: (laughs) But what I would say is that you're strong enough when you remember where your true strength comes from. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Because Again, operating from our own source of strength, we're limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't realize that we're limited, but we are. Um, our minds can only c- comprehend but so much. You know, and so <clears throat> and what I had to realize was that... Um, the way that I can remain calm, the way that I can remain confident is rely on the strength that is in me. I had to allow myself to become weak, be okay with the weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, not look yeah. at it negatively. You know, I, you know, for you know, we give again, giving ourselves those labels. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I have anxiety. I have depression. Labels, okay, but that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. No longer. That's who I was. But that's who I'm I'm not that person anymore. I still struggle with it, but that's not who I am. But I had to be get to the place where, okay, I have this flaw, I have this weakness. How do I let it work for me? How do I let it help me to be who I need to be? Mm -hmm.
1: It's not only how does it, how will you allow it to help you? you've taken it a step further and how will I use this to impact others, Yes, to create legacy beyond my own narrative. And thinking about how, when we recognize truth that anything we put in God's hand, he will absolutely turn it into good for us and glory for him. So continuing to be a good steward of mm-hmm. what he has placed in front of us. Before we got on, you we jokingly said, you know, God is doing some stuff. He was just waiting for me to say yes. <laughs> How has that played out on the flip side of oh my gosh. more? your narrative of going from worry to
2: yes, Lord. And, you know, and it's, that, that's a, such a really good question. And I think of what big flip I just made, right? You go from being afraid to do anything to really being fearless and jumping off the, the ledge. Like, all right, Lord, your hand must be there to catch me. Because last Wednesday, I took my first step. My word for 2022 is Step. And the scripture that the Lord gave me to go with that scripture, I mean, to go with that word was Psalm 73, 20, Psalm 73, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord because he delighteth in him. And so he was telling me this step. I kept saying, I'm afraid, but he said, I know that step. So I stepped and I put in my two week notice from my day job to move into full-time coaching and counseling. So it's like yo, you are one extreme. You, you know, you, it's like manic. It's like you go from no, anything. you are what. But
1: you know what, Kyla, you are walking out the the I am statement. Yes, that you started with at the top of your bio. The yes. top of your bio is I am living fearlessly. Yep. So you're you're walking in the truth of what God has already put in you.
2: I'm walking into the truth of who I am, mm-hmm. not who I thought I was and not who I was telling myself because yes. who I was telling myself I was was limiting who I really am. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about what prompted you to write Fearfully Faithless to <laughs> Faithfully Fearless?
2: What um, got, where did that come from? What got you to write that? It was, it actually started out we used to do it. We had a praise team devotional page and we had broken the days down. And so my day was Faithful Friday. I was like, Lord, I don't handle no faith. How are you going to give me Faithful Friday?
1: <laughs> Won't he will he do it? will he do it? The very thing we, think we don't have, we'll say, give it to and her. He,
2: you know, and as I began to um, write those devotions and writing from a place of um, transparency and from um, how I learned to utilize those passages and and incorporate them in my life, they became the devotional. And the title of it is so tongue tie-ish, you know, but I'm like, it's, 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 it it shows the transformation that we make when we begin to move and operate in who God says that we are. We move from being full of fear and no faith to a place where faith is everything that I have and I can move and I can do whatever God tells me to do. So if he says, jump, jump.
1: There you have it. <laughs> Take this step. Take this step in obedience yep. And I want someone who is working on their book, not to miss the nugget that Kyla just shared. She started the book from an everyday assignment. Mm -hmm. So many people will think about, I can't, well, I don't know where to start, or whether it's a book, a business, a calling, a ministry. So often when I'm talking to clients, they will struggle with, well, I don't know where to start. And I often say, what's already in your hand? Mm -hmm. What are you already doing that you love that is blessing someone else? Because whatever you do, whatever you are going to begin to build cannot be the thing that is only feeding you. What are you currently doing that you think is small, that is absolutely Feeding and fueling somebody else start there, and it sounds like that's exactly what you did as well, Kyla.
2: Yeah, and it took me two years to write that devotional because I was like, nobody's going to want to buy it, nobody's going to want to read it, so don't even write it. And I had written it and left it. And I'm <clears throat> when I got laid off in August of 2019, um, <laughs> it came out in October of 2019, because there was just a a level of like, you have to start moving, you know, you have to recognize, you know, and I think when I got laid off, I think that was the Lord making space to begin to make space for what was in me. And he used, um, and at that time I was like in a really, really dark place, but I was determined, You know, you know how you jump in the water and you're flailing and you're flailing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that's how it was. And I was just like, Lord, I'm holding on for dear life. And he began to just pull me out into the direction of towards him. And even in the struggle and in the challenge, they made me rely on him as if my life depended on it because I'm at a place now. I don't want to say I was at a place. I'm at a place now where my life depends on him and, 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 um, I can't, you know, as long as he says I can, Mm -hmm. then I have to believe that. Mm -hmm. And even working through the challenges, when I tell him, Lord, I'm afraid, I'm scared. He doesn't say, "I, I don't expect you not to be. He just says, I expect you to trust me. He he didn't say that we would not have challenges. He told us. Jesus said, y'all going to have problems. I'm going to let you know now. (laughs) But I overcame them. So you just have to go through the process to get to where I have designed for you to be.
1: Go through that process, remaining faithfully fearless. (laughs) Yes. I love the title of the book. Um, where can people find the book?
2: Um, it is available on Amazon and it is also on my um, page, my website, at calmconfidence.com. So you can have two, um, two avenues to get it. Beautiful.
1: Kyla, I have to tell you, thank you so much for being so honest and so practical. I think being in a place where we have been in a pandemic for two years now, and recognizing that many people are still struggling with the narratives that they're telling themselves in isolation, uh, what you have shared continues to help people recognize that they are not alone Mm -hmm. and that they have, even in their weakness, even in their uncertainty, to reach out to a God that has his hand already extended and we'll meet them in the place of their weakness. We have about one minute left. Share the website that they can find all of your services, whether it be your product line, your books, your coaching, or your counseling services. Where can people connect with you? Share that website.
2: That website, again, is www.confidence.com. And it lists all of the products, it lists all of the services, um, our mentoring program. It uh, talks about that and gives a description of it. Uh, and it shows who, you know, works with, um, works who does work with me. I have a group of mentors that do work alongside with me. And um, yeah, www.comconfidence.com
1: And I want adults to realize right now the mentoring program is still virtual, correct? Yes. So it doesn't matter where you are, if you have a young person who could benefit from recognizing to change their narrative, they have an opportunity to be in a group of like-minded um, young people and adults who want to speak life into them. My sister, thank you so much for this time. You're welcome. Time. Thank you
2: for having me.
1: <laughs> it has been amazing and For our listeners, we look forward to you continuing to follow us. We will be right back here, same time, same place. And next week, we will have Crystal Mance talking about making a reset. (laughs) I know many of us can use that. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, The Flip Side of Adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veardra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.